0: Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar schaller Hi, and welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And uh, welcome to a very special episode. Today is our first of a three-part series on the Amiga pinball scene. Uh, today, we're going to talk about... Uh, Two different games. We're going to talk about first-person pinball and pinball dreams. Uh, But first, I'd like to take a moment to thank uh, our first donor, uh, Blaine Thomas. Thank you for your donation. Um, He sent us an email saying how much he enjoyed the show and that he listened to all four episodes back-to-back. So thank you very much. If you're interested in donating to the Amigos podcast, we've got a donate button right there on our screen on AmigosPodcast.com. Uh, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, so let's go ahead and get right into the game. Since we have two games this week, we're going to kind of put aside uh, our regular segments and uh, jump right in to uh, first-person pinball. So now, Aaron, when did you first hear about first-person pinball? Recently. I uh, I'd never
1: heard of it, to be completely honest with you, until I was fooling around on the uh the company's website the one we spoke about uh last week and was just looking at something to uh, fiddle around with at work and uh, saw they had a pinball pack it had a bunch of the pinball machines that uh that were on the amiga and that's the first time i'd ever heard of it i've never i never heard ever seen
0: it up to that point i'd never heard of it before you mentioned it and uh really if the company hadn't included it in its. Uh, the way that the, the company did this was they kind of put a whole bunch. I think maybe is it all the Amiga pinball it's games twenty one and one. So it's very handy. Yeah, they 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 kind of when you download any of the pinball titles, they load within a contained. Uh, loader that has all of these titles already in it. And of course, the great thing about the company games is they run from one EXE file that has the WinUAE wrapper around it. So you don't have to mess with any of the kickstart files or anything like that. Um, and so, uh, but by including first person pinball on here, and I think it is the first title on the list too, it's probably getting some exposure that uh, it might not normally get. Um, Again, the usual company disclaimer the,
1: there's a quasi legal aspect r- right. to it. So. <laughs> uh,
0: so, but anyway, you fire up first person Ben Ball, and the first thing you get is a very 90s uh, splash screen uh, with the logo of Tinsoft. And it actually says Tinsoft Presents. And I heard that several times because um, I was trying some different things. To uh, get the game to actually play in first-person mode, I finally figured it out. Though I'm not really sure what I did to make it work. There's a menu setting. Yeah, but at some point I tried it with the correct menu setting and it didn't quite work. So I had to reset and then try it again. I might have done something.
1: Wrong. Yeah, I didn't have any trouble on the on my actual
0: Amiga version. It, it uh, there was a selection there and you could switch between them. So yeah, um, but anyway, the the game is pretty much exactly what it implies. It is a first-person pinball game. You don't have to play it entirely in first-person view. Um, You can select a mode where the screen is split, and on the left side, you see an overview of the playfield, and then on the right side, you see the first-person view. Um, The playfield is odd. Uh, This is a British-developed game, but on the uh, on the playfield itself, <laughs> there's a picture of two American football players. That,
1: that was baffling to me as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, wondered. I thought maybe this was a, uh, uh, maybe this was locationally changed. You know, I, I will say I've I tried it on the companies, and I also tried to I, um, I got I downloaded the ADF and tried it at home on the Amiga, and they were the same. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe I'd get something else for a picture. They really have no bearing on the game. It's just a picture, but I thought that was
0: strange. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and on top of that, the the play field itself, to somebody that's familiar with pinball machines, is kind of strange. It seems to be kind of haphazardly, you know, strewn about with with different lanes and, and bumpers and things, spinny stuff. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a, some sort of a hole you can you can fire the ball into. All these things affect your score. But for a playfield this complex, there doesn't seem to be any depth to it. Um, There's no different kind of in-lane scoring. Um, There doesn't seem to be any sort of multiplier available that I could find. Aaron, could you see anything? I
1: had no idea what was going on with the the playfield. And since we both own pinball machines, we're not coming at this without some sort of background. And I I think it was just an old-school put-together thingy.
0: Right. Um, On top of that, the ball physics are terrible. If you play in the overhead view mode and you try and you know manipulate the ball to get it to do what you want, the ball just kind of tends to fire off at any rate of speed that it wants. To, it doesn't even really matter if you hit it with the flipper or not. Sometimes it'll just carry them off the, uh, the flipper without you pressing it, and it'll just you know fly off in an opposite direction. Um, it's really actually hard to lose a ball. Did you find that in, in first-person pinball?
1: <laughs> yes, it was. I, it, I, I, it can be done. Also, I thought it was odd that it defaulted to four balls. Yeah, that yeah. was, <laughs> which that's my score: four balls. And I was like, okay. Um, to put it in perspective, the first time I played this, I uh, shot the ball. It came down a lane. It hit a bumper. It bounced up. It went to the lane. It hit a bumper. It did this about let's say two minutes, and I started. Beating the crap out of the flippers, and so finally the ball just laid there for a minute, and then nothing happened. So I restarted it over. (laughs) I thought, well, this is we're off to a bad start, and that's pretty much the way it went. The ball, the ball is—I don't—I wouldn't say there's physics involved on the television, the old Atari video pinball, right? Uh, uh, It—I'm guessing their angle was we're going to sell this on the first-person view, and the rest of it, eh. No big deal, and I'm sure maybe that was the layout may have been influenced to um, uh, adapt to the first person perspective. Mm-hmm. Lots of space in certain areas, and you know, and who knows? It's a, that's a it's a crapshoot guess. But that's you know,
0: my guess is that uh, these guys came up with a demo where they could show you know the the the, the playfield in first person view, and they said, hey, you know, we could build you know the spinball machine. And it really doesn't matter if it's any good or not, because people will just be floored that they can see this, this ball traveling on the playfield in real time. And because, I mean, this was released in uh, 1989. So I think, I think that there had been good video games released, pinball games released by 1989. Maybe not on the Amiga, but I'm pretty sure like PinBot for the NES... I think that that pregates this game. I'm sure that there there have been a couple decent pinball games released for video games by this point, wouldn't you say?
1: I'd have to ponder it. Now, '89 it's pretty far back. Uh, I think this was running on the OCS, the original chipset, So, which that might explain why they put an American-centric picture in it, now that I think about it, because maybe this is before when they thought the Amiga was going to be a big hit in America and weren't as concentrating on the European scene. I don't know. Uh, but... Uh, um, there was a really, there's a couple of really good ones for the PC Engine. I'm trying to think what year those were out. Yeah, like Double Crush. Double Crush stuff. is the one that I was thinking of. I think those those probably the, came later because I think I the PC Engine launched in about '89. Uh, the
0: uh,
1: early pinball games, by and large, were not good. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I think the one you mentioned for the NES, uh, the uh, the basically it was a replica of the arcade machine right. Pinbot, which is a good machine. Uh, that's probably, I'm thinking back in my head, that's probably one of the better ones that was released back in the day. I had a pinball machine for the Odyssey 2, from Odyssey 2, that was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had the same sort of ball physics. Ball, yeah. Sort of like breakout ball physics. You should call them, you know, just like you were playing breakout.
0: You, they bounce, they bounce. Mm-hmm. That's, that's you right basically that have play. an angle. You know, they, it's calculating the angle at which it hits something <laughs> and then just bouncing off in the other right. direction. There's a lot of subtlety to, to pinball ball physics that I'm sure is really hard to do. You know, computationally. Would you like to comment on this week's episode? Did John and Aaron finally make their first mistake? Leave us a comment at our blog at amigospodcast.com. You know, it's funny, this developer, Tensoft, uh, they, their list of titles is not um, it's not going to go down as the greatest list of titles in video game history. Oh, <laughs> yeah? Um, they were mostly known for developing ports for some of the less popular. 8-bit machines and i don't mean that in a disparaging way because every machine has their fans uh but machines like you know the commodore 16 uh the bbc micro uh you know the atari 8-bit now i know all those machines well especially you know the bbc the atari 8-bit. they had they had big user bases but it wasn't anywhere close to the commodore 64 you know it wasn't close to the apple 2 right um and so you know i guess the uh when it came time to do ports of say you know licensed games and things like that they it, it appears as if uh these you know the the original developers would kind of hand out you know go to more well-known development houses to do the Commodore 64 port the Apple II port maybe the DOS port or whatever and then uh they would come to TenSoft to do the Commodore 16 port you know um I noticed uh, on their Wikipedia page it says that they did the Commodore 16 port of Jet Set Willy. Um, I I don't even I've never seen a Commodore 16.
1: Yeah, I, that, I'm, I'd say I'm not familiar with the Commodore 16.
0: Yeah, that it must is, be pretty obscure. Well, it had to have come. I guess it came between the VIC 20 and the Commodore 64. So maybe there,
1: I, honestly, I have no idea. I yeah. really, I don't think I've ever heard of it. So, um, and I'm not a Commodore 64 guy, but
0: I mean, I know a little bit yeah. I, that doesn't ring a bell again. This is one of those situations where I write down things and we start talking about it, and it turns out we know nothing. So, <laughs> sorry, um, you have to go to the Commodore 16 Amigo show to see that one, right? Um, but uh, that's that's kind of one thing that I thought was interesting about Tensoft is that they uh they went bankrupt in 1990, but they were working on a video game version of the Blood Bowl game. Are you familiar the, with Blood uh, Bowl? It's like the the, um, the board game, right? Yeah, it's the Mech Warrior guys, uh, the Games Workshop. That got a and treatment on as a video game, didn't did it? Did it? I think it did. Maybe it did come out later on, but they were working on a version of that when they went bankrupt. And according to Wikipedia, uh, Tinsoft still exists, but in a completely different uh line of work they didn't go into uh what tinsoft is into these days but i guess it's not video game related i hope it's not pinball <laughs> yeah yeah let's hope um so the the music was done by david whitaker um the music is kind of jazzy it's kind of got this kind of smoky lounge feel to it um he also did the music for alfred chicken <laughs> beverly i like <laughs> alfred chicken actually beverly hills cop i'm not familiar with the beverly hills cop game but um I wouldn't bet on it being great. And I bet, Alien Syndrome. I bet, I bet the Axel F's in it. Yeah. Be my guess. Right, <laughs> That's true. Alien Syndrome. Now that's, yeah. that's A Sega game? Right. The arcade game? Yeah, well, I don't know if it, they, he did the one for the Amiga. So. Oh, okay. Um, now, Philip Nixon, uh, he was, uh, I guess he was part of the design team, and he, he worked on Elvira, the <laughs> arcade game, uh, and Trolls. Um, yeah. Now, I forgot about Trolls, but there were. I I was looking on Lemon Amiga. I guess there were several Trolls games. You mean like the little dolls with the hair? Yeah. Uh, There were several Trolls games for the Amiga. Uh, So I guess, you know, the rise and fall of the Amiga kind of mirrored the rise and fall of Trolls. (laughs) You (laughs) know, my my kid has a Troll doll.
1: Really? Yeah, and and Teresa used to collect Troll dolls, my girlfriend. So that's... (laughs) They're still still kicking around. I will have to fire that up for him. (laughs) I'll get into it.
0: Uh, The coder was Nick Sen. And uh, Nick, <laughs> that's a great name. Yeah, <laughs> Nick, uh, was it's kind of funny because it looks like that he was exclusively responsible for ports of arcade titles that were cleverly reworded. Uh, because <laughs> he did that great classic Burger Man, <laughs> definitely <laughs> didn't have anything to do with Burger Time. And Jungle Boy uh, <laughs> looks a lot like Jungle King or uh, Jungle Hunt. So, uh, um, I'm familiar with those of you. If you come from a, uh, I, I
1: came off the, uh, Tandy, tier color computer series and we got many many of those we had the sailor man we had donkey <laughs> king you know we had the whole run so sometimes a good clone can surpass what's actually produced as the legitimate version absolutely so i'm not
0: saying these do but you never know yeah yeah um and it that might be a, a fun possible a future episode is <laughs> looking at go some back of and these. look at rip right. There's plenty to look at yeah um So anyway, you know, kind of closing thoughts on, uh, on first person pinball. It's neat. It's a neat tech demo. Uh, I'm sure that it was impressive for 1989, you know, watching the ball kind of bounce around and, uh, it doesn't move with any kind of fluidity in first person mode. It's just kind of a series of of still images, but it it does move fast enough that you you do get some sort of a sense of movement. It's completely impossible to play in first person mode.
1: I'll have to tell you, um, I I, I appreciate what they attempted. Uh, I appreciate the age of the game. But I hated this game. (laughs) And it's amazing that this is on the same uh, platform as the the game we're going to do next. Because this is just horrible. It's got everything about Pimble that I don't like. The first person... Even the first person is... Can you imagine trying to play from that? I'd like to meet if you're someone out there in, in radio land that played that is good at this in first person, please make me a video up to show me that because it is un- unplayable.
0: Yeah, I wanted to turn it off almost immediately.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, a- yeah, this was this was no good, yeah, but again, it's old. They were trying to think out of the box, right, and I'll right. give them credit, and sometimes that doesn't work.
0: So my hat's off to them, but uh, that's no good. Yeah. If you're going to play one pinball game for the Amiga, <laughs> don't make it this no. one. No. Don't make it this one. Scores.
1: Okay, I did have a score. All right. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't sit down and just and just gorge play this thing. <laughs> but I, I came up with a Whopper, uh,
0: 122,900. Okay. Well, uh, I played this, you know, a little bit. Um, I played it and, uh, basically what happened was I got to the point where I was playing, I hit the ball up and there's a set of triangle bumpers and the ball became trapped going in a loop over those triangle yes, bumpers. That would happen quite a bit. Um, I, I had to quit a few games, yeah, something like so that. So before that happened, I had around 300,000 points. Oh yeah. Now good. I'm not proud of that score because, <laughs> You know, I wasn't really, I was just, at times I would try and make the ball drain and I couldn't make yeah. it drain. So. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I didn't exactly, uh, I didn't try to keep the ball alive real hard. Yeah. I, congr- I'll let you have this one, but this <laughs> so, is all yours. You, but, you know, if you're glutton for punishment, we are going to fire this bad boy up on the live stream <laughs> after the episode. <laughs> so. Oh, well, I got to go, man. <laughs> are you enjoying the Amigos podcast? If so, please take a moment to write us a review on iTunes iTunes is how most people discover podcasts, and by writing a review, you'll help us get to the top of the retro gaming and computing section. Thanks. Next up, we've got Pinball Dreams. So, Aaron, what can you tell us about Pinball Dreams? Pinball Dreams
1: is better than first-person pinball. (laughs) I can tell you that right now, right out of the gate. (laughs) Of course, if you've had an Amiga for any length of time, you're probably familiar with Pinball Dreams. Uh, Uh... the, uh, the pinball dreams and, and its brethren were mainstays. Almost everyone had them or has have played them uh, on the Amiga. And uh, uh, this was the first the first one released in the series. Uh, pinball dreams was was uh, made by a group called the Digital Illusions. Uh, they were a group of, of people out of Sweden. Uh, a uh, an interesting bunch. Amazingly, and I didn't know this because I'm, I'm thick in the head, they're still around. Oh, yeah. A, they're as, still around in a big di- way. As Dice. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they had an interesting history. Um, I'm going to butcher. I, I apologize to uh, our people in Sweden. Get ready for some Swedish names. <laughs> yeah. First of all, uh, they were founded in uh, – Digital Illusions was founded in, nine, in May of 92 uh, in a place called uh, Vejo. V- it's a uh, – V, A with a double dot over oh, it. the umlaut? X, J, O with a double dot over it. So I apologize to those people, and maybe someone could correct me. Sweden, Vio, uh, five people. I, I'm sorry for these five people. I'm going to give it a shot. Ulf Mandorf. Awesome o- name. Olaf Gustafsson. Pretty good. Frederick Lilligren. Ah. Andreas Axelsson. And Marcus Nystrom. Man. Beautiful. Sweden's
0: got some names.
1: They do. I, I, and they also manly, which mm-hmm. I like. Um, they, uh, uh, From what I could find, I, I, and again, you know how internet sources are, but I found this at a couple different spots, so I'm going to go with it. They were a part of a demo group called The Silence. Really? Yeah. So
0: they had their roots in the demo scene.
1: Yes. Um, <coughs> they were going to the University of v- Vaxjo, or however you pronounce that, um, and they actually put this game together in their dorm really? effectively that was their office um, they uh, they uh, worked on the, they worked on the physics engine I, I found an interview with a gentleman uh, from 21st century entertainment uh, the uh, publisher they uh, said that apparently th- this game was shopped around and when I say this game I mean more like the ability to produce the game uh, was shopped around and uh, 21st century entertainment took a shot. And uh, gave these guys uh, the ball, and they ran with it, and uh, produced Pinball Dreams. <clears throat> the uh, company went on to bigger and better things. They produced the, you know, obviously they produced the pinball series uh, for for the Amiga. They also produced uh, Pinball Dreams came out. I'm not going to go into too many of their other titles since we're going to explore them later on. Uh, but uh, Pinball Dreams came out on the Amiga. There was a DOS port. There's also a Super Nintendo port. Uh, of it, um, they went on to make the you know pinball dreams, pinball fantasies, pinball illusions. They did a. They eventually were. Um, they eventually you know years and years later, they ended up making Battlefield 1942, which was their sort of their major 50 million seller. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Big Daddy EA came by, and uh, I think it was 2006. They they were they were bought. Yeah, their stock was purchased, controlling interest. however you want to put it was was bought in. Uh, digital uh,
0: in, in the company. Yeah. Olaf and, then, and company probably living yeah. pretty well. Now right
1: I now. will say, during the interview, I did read something interesting. I, I found an interview with a with a 21st century uh, entertainment executive who said that the second game w- uh, was made by a different set of Swedes. Mm. I can't substantiate that. I only found this one interview that said it. So, I mean, I, they were still part of the company, but I don't necessarily think it was the, the same five guys. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, they did Battlefield. They did the Battlefield series for EA, uh, they're still out and kicking. They made uh Mirror's Edge, which is a really neat game if you're into modern consoles. And they're working on the uh, Star Wars Battlefield games that's coming out this year. Battlefront. Battlefront. Yeah. And they're also working on a new Mirror's Edge game. So they're still around. Oh neat. Um But on the Amiga, Pinball was their big thing. Now they actually did a couple other games on the Amiga, which I'll go into real quickly just because I, I didn't know that they I didn't know they'd done anymore. Um uh, <laughs> they did a uh, they did a game called Benefactor uh, for Psygnosis, which is a great company who was around until recently uh, in '94. Uh, apparently, it's a platform of some repute. Uh, it's supposed to be pretty good. They did a public domain game in '93 called Amiganoid, which is an Arkanoid clone, hmm. which is supposed to be pretty good. I think I've played Amiganoid. Um, I found s- two references at a couple places that they had done a sub-battle game, but the date seems awful weird. It was produced by Epics. It was called Sub-Battle Simulator. That may have been a company that shared their name. Uh, who knows? <laughs> I couldn't find much else out about that stuff. Um, but uh, they've done a lot of stuff. Oh, they, one more thing. They they did a, another pinball game that didn't get on the Amiga. It was called True Pinball. Have you ever played this or heard of it? True Pinball. No. It was out on the uh, PlayStation and the Saturn. Okay. I've got a PlayStation and a Saturn. So I'm going to, to dig this up. I did watch some video of it. It looked really good. It looked uh, it looked a lot like a modern pinball simulator would with the exception that uh it didn't pivot and swivel like a th- in the 3D way, mm-hmm. you know. But it's, it looks really sharp. How mm-hmm. it plays, I don't know, but I'll mm-hmm. give it a shot and if it's uh, worth mentioning sometime down the line, we'll we'll uh I'll have a look at it. Okay. But uh, um, on to their, the uh, the publisher, uh, 21st Century uh, Entertainment. As far as I could tell, they're defunct. I Is this I,
0: 21st Century? This isn't affiliated with 20th Century Fox? No, or anything, no, 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 no,
1: no. Um, these guys are uh, out of the U.K. They were... Uh, and they, uh, apparently, they also they may have been purchased and, and briefly or moved to New York. I couldn't substantiate that, but as far as I could tell, they're not they're not around anymore. Um, I looked over what they'd done, and it's a good thing they bought the Pinball Dream series because that's <laughs> the bulk of of what they did was the pinball stuff. Uh, they did they did uh, pinball they did the entire pinball f- series uh, on the uh, on the Amiga and on the. Uh, on the consoles and on the uh, CD 32. They did something called pinball mania, which I've yet to play, but I think we'll probably have that on the list somewhere. They did something called a slam tilt, which I think is also on our list, but I haven't played that before. There's a few of these that came out later that I just, I hadn't heard of until I, you know, downloaded that pack. Uh, They did, they released a pinball game for the 3DO, which I thought was interesting. Uh, It was called, it was called total pinball. And, I've I've got a 3DO and I think I have it. I don't know if I played it or not, but I'll have a look at it. Um they had a they had another three DO title
0: in production, but it got canceled, and that's the last anyone ever heard of them. Now 21st Century Entertainment, I remember I think from the splash screen, that's the thing with the Griffin, right? Yeah, that's right. That that's correct. Um the uh <clears throat>
1: they they just pretty much were a pinball thing i don't know like i said for i, for, I found an interview online with uh with a gentleman from um 21st century entertainment and uh they acted like they were they had been around for a while before at least the interview they sort of led me the way they'd been around for a while but as far as i could tell pinball games were the first stuff they ever did so you know there you go um <clears throat> that's pretty much the long and short of it they uh they had talked about making an expansion, a, a, a CD expansion for Pinball Dreams. I I don't have it, and I have not seen it. But from what the interview, it sounded like it was a done deal. Mm. Uh, so um, if it's out there, and anyone's got it or has played it, maybe it was a PC exclusive, uh, or maybe it was something that they packed with the CD32. Um, let us know. Give us you know. Let us know what's uh, what you thought of it and uh, where you got it. I'd be interested to have a look at it. But uh, the uh, the game it's the game that we looked at this week. It had four tables. Um, they had uh, one was called Ignition, which was a race car sort of. Or excuse me, that was the space
0: one. Ignition was the space yeah,
1: one. Yeah, uh, the they had one called Beatbox, which was a music industry one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had one that was cryptically named Nightmare, but the table was called Graveyard. Uh, the uh, uh, I don't know, you know, I read that that had changed on the consoles. I'm not sure. Did you you notice the name difference on there?
0: You know, I didn't.
1: Yeah, it was, if you, when you click on it, it's it's Nightmare, but when the the title is called Graveyard. Interesting. Yeah, I read that, uh, it seems like on one, on a console uh, version of this, uh, that had been fixed. And also, if you'll recall, on the, uh, on the flipper, right beside the flippers are a little the lanes mm-hmm. they had upside down crosses on that, and right. those were removed for the apparently were removed for the console version, mm. which understandable. Yeah, um, and and then and they also had a, a table called Steel Wheels, which was a Western based uh, um, table. What did you think of? Well, let's go down through them real quick. What did you think of Ignition, the uh, the space based one?
0: Well, before before we go game by game, I just wanted to make a couple points All about right. why I thought this game was great. Okay. Um, I think that they handled the scrolling on the play field very, very well. You know, obviously the resolution of the monitors at that time, you couldn't get that kind of resolution and still display the whole table at the same time. So, you know, it was incredibly smooth scrolling. Um, Personally, I like uh, alphanumeric pinball machines more than DMD games and For people that aren't familiar with pinball machines, just think about the newer games like Terminator 2 or the Adams family that have that little video screen that's red and black and it's got the dots. Those are dot matrix display games. Uh, The generation of pinball machines before that are called alphanumeric games. And they have kind of usually, you know, one or two rows of those kind of LED displays where you can do numbers or letters. And I just prefer those just personally. Um, and that's what these games are. They're they're done in an alphanumeric uh, way, which I guess makes sense because at the time, this was coming out in 92. DMD games were, I think, did they debut in around 1992? I think Animus
1: Family came out in 92. I think didn't yeah it? so I
0: think d m d games were were just getting going at that time. most games, I think you know up to that point have been alphanumeric. I'm not quite sure about that, but I think that's true
1: I think that's i think I think you're I think that's right in the in the at the cusp,
0: right, and, and so um another thing that I really like about these games is that they all have a center post, yes, uh, I love that I <laughs> because love that. i you know I don't mind if you have out lanes that you know don't save your ball or whatever, but if you have that center post and you can kind of defeat that just you know, game screwing you over center drain um, and use it to your advantage, have it bounce back up and get back into play. Uh, I love that. Um, that There's a nice attract mode where the tables will pan and kind of show you different things. Uh, so on the whole, presentation-wise, for a game that had four, you know, high-quality tables, uh, I think this game is, you know, it's great. And the intro, just for when it
1: comes up, you know you're in for something, a way that... The the orchestra strikes Mm -hmm. and the way the graphics are presented
0: super sharp and clean. Yep. And you're like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. I mean, the. It really, it holds up today. It really does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree with you on that. So getting into the uh, ignition, the first thing I thought of was all of the glorious hours and hours that I wasted playing Space Cadet Pinball on uh, <laughs> the, Windows 95. Windows? Yeah. It yeah. Just, this is so, this crushes <laughs> that. It came <laughs> out so many years earlier. Yeah. And, uh, but that was, you know, whenever I play a space theme, especially when you're talking about, you know, getting different upgrades and things like that, that's, that's what I thought of. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I like the idea of, you know, all the, the theme, it wasn't just, you know, you're in space. It wasn't like, you know, obviously, you know, a game like black hole, it has a space theme, but it's, uh, it's so primitive that it doesn't really have kind of goals that you can attain. And all these tables have goals. Um, and this is one of the few space theme tables that I've really, really liked as far as, uh, having, you know, building towards different scores and things like that. Um, I one thing that I thought was cool about all the tables is they each have a custom message that appears when your ball drains. Did you notice yes, that? Yeah, yeah. And so the one for ignition was lost in space. Yeah, that was very um, cute. I noticed that for all those. So that, that's what I thought about ignition. How
1: about you? I like. I, I'd say this is probably my uh, my least favorite of the four. Mm-hmm. That much said, it was really good. Yeah. So it's just like they're uh, they're all great. They mm-hmm. really are. And like you said, they hold up. Uh, scrolling pinball can be troublesome because it's, it's tough to follow your ball uh, they really did a good job of of capturing the right roll on the scroll uh, and the right ball movement to get you to where you're not feeling like you're getting robbed because yeah. you couldn't see what was happening
0: I don't even you know I don't even know all the things that went into that obviously but after after a while, I mean, you notice that it's scrolling, but you really don't notice. Right? Yeah. You, you. Yeah. You're right. And and something else that I liked is that when you
1: when you have the and I noticed this on other machines, but it, it really stood up for all of them. When you have ramps that you have to go up, and they're hard to see when you're using the flippers, they line up the lighting with the ramps, so if you can use that as to aim, mm-hmm. and it, and you can and once you kind of get past that, because uh, that's really the only drawback is having to shoot something up the table to to make a shot. I mean, don't get me wrong, folks. Uh, Nothing beats a a full pinball table or a a full screen pinball that looks nice. But if you're going to have a nice zoomed-in pinball that's beautiful and crisp like this, this is the way to go, and they give you a fair shake when you're doing it. As for the table, I like the sound effects. Um, The the tune was good. Um, I thought it was overall pretty good. I like how you built everything up. Obviously, the people that put this uh, collection together knew something about pinball. Uh, the, the rule sets are, are good. Mm-hmm. they're clearly stated on the on the, on the machine, and uh, I, I liked it uh, again, the, the theme was okay. you know I, Space theme on a pinball not my favorite, so but I'm not, not going to hold that against it. It's just it was a good machine.
0: Yeah, I guess if you're thinking about a real world machine that would probably be the closest to it, probably be space shuttle. Yeah, I would agree.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in theme and and in not necessarily in table setup, but in terms of the the way your ship, the way you build things up, the way I agree. That's I, that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good, that's exactly yeah. what I would say. You want some space
0: shuttle trivia? Go ahead. Space shuttle first pinball machine to feature a toy on the play field.
1: Really? Yeah. The space shuttle was the toy. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I did not know that. There you go. It was a decent toy, too. Although I've seen rep, you know, replace this. We're not gonna get on a pinball thing, but <laughs> people make mods for pinball machines all the time, and I've seen a mod for that one, and I've seen lights
0: for it and the whole nine yards. So that was uh that was uh ignition. Uh and next is a uh, Steel Wheels. <laughs> That's the next one I have on my list. What, what'd you think? I'm not a fan of the Western theme. You know, it's it's okay. I thought that the, the table actually played similarly to Graveyard. Uh, As far as where the the way that the rules were set up and the the location of the ramps and things like that, Um, I just thought it was okay. I think this was my least favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just couldn't I couldn't connect with it. Uh, The uh, the outlane when you when you drain your ball, it says out of track. Again, yes, I like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, oh, look, look, you want to go ahead and, and uh, do our scores for each table before sure. we move we on? Sure, we can do that. I, I, I'll have to say, Ignition, I spent the least amount of time on that one. My score on
1: there uh, was 2,043,704. Well, you did better than me.
0: I got 1,217,918. Right. I scored
1: one for scored one for Big yeah. A there. Mark that up. <laughs> um, you know, the, uh, getting back to, to steel wheels, uh, I like steel wheels, actually the theme's okay. I like the table set up a lot. I like, I just liked, I felt really comfortable playing it. It's weird. I I don't know. I can't explain it. You know how it is. It's Mm -hmm. just one of those things that's organic. You just fall in love with one. Um, The table set up was probably my second favorite. Um, You know, one thing about these and getting back, you know, overall, you can tell the people that made these really knew a lot about pinball because they put a lot of the Great necessities that pimble in there. Does it have a skill shot? Yes. Does it have change lanes with it with the flippers? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can you advance to different things? Yes. To you know, do different ramps. I mean, they had like um they had mystery wheels, right. Where you could score. You know, mm-hmm. I think this is one that had the mystery wheel where you could you could hit it. You know, once you built that up, you could hit the ball into the into the uh, trap and it would it would spin the wheel and you'd get a a million or an extra ball or whatever. That stuff's great, and they didn't have to do it, especially back when this was out. Right, and
0: a lot of those rule sets were still relatively new at the time. Sure, Um, you know the um, the change. You know, to to push the flippers, to change the in lanes. I think Firepower was the first one to do that, right? Correct. And and
1: I will say this: when this when this came out, um, uh, the '92, you'd had the '80s. You'd have the you'd had all the big players in the '80s that had perfected their art. And, and the rule sets had gotten more expansive, mm-hmm. and if you look at the pinball machines that came there uh, in in the '80s, uh, you know your Black Knights and and uh, and the like, uh, uh, advancing r- rule sets had had come a long way. So, like I said, it, for for computer pinball, it's a quantum leap, really, considering what they had. And they were more in line with real pinball machines than they were computer pinball machines. They really had no equal at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, steel wheels, a lot of fun, good soundtrack, uh, a good tune. I like the color. Uh, uh, overall,
0: I thought it was a pretty good machine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up is Beatbox. Score. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I'll go first this time. All right. I managed to score almost 4 million, 3,934,000. Oh boy. Sorry. Sorry, Boat. <laughs> 9,119,840. Oh, wow. well, you, you like this table. So you probably put it in a few more games. You know, I, I, I only played it a few times. Really? Uh,
1: well, I had, you know, I, 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 I was, I didn't want to spend too much time on the table because I wanted to see them all and kind of play with all equally. Mm-hmm. That much said, good table. I enjoyed it.
0: All right. Next up, my favorite table, Beatbox. Beatbox, that's my favorite <laughs> one as well. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, I like everything about this table. I like the colors. You know, it kind of reminded me of uh, 720 degrees, that same sort of color scheme. Yes, yes. Um the uh, I love the voice samples when you go over the lanes, it says, Hey, yeah, hey, they were great. They were great. <laughs> you got the whole breakdance, you know, vibe with everything. Uh and the theme of the table is that, you know, you've got this song and you're trying to climb the charts and they've got different things. I think they've got like single cut, you know, album something. Tour. Yeah, tour Which you're, is awesome. I love that. You've got two different things for climbing in the US and the European charts. Um when you drain your ball, it says decibel overload. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, there's you know it's great music again. Um, just it's different, and I was sure this was going to be my least favorite. I looked at the theater like a beat. I was like, oh, this
1: is going to stink. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. It was excellent. I agree with everything you just said. The uh, the 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 sound is this has probably got the best sound. It should. All right. Mm. The uh, it captures that era. You yeah. know, in, in a weird way, not to get too silly about it, but it does. They do a good job of. Uh, making you think about that era, the breakdance era, and 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 the 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 goals that you obtain are are very clever, mm-hmm. you know, and it it fits everything perfectly. Your singles climbing the charts, and you and that's how you advance, and you're going on tour, and it's a like, it makes perfect sense. So the goals are very, it's a you know I've seen other i know the uh i know that i've played a, a, a legitimate actual pinball machine that has is has a similar sort of theme where you're trying to
0: climb a hit i don't recall what it was off the top of my head but um i think rolling like, stones has has some elements it of might things be like you, that, you mean
1: the the original one no, no the, new the new one Stern i haven't one. played the new okay. one okay um the uh this if they if there is a one that did it
0: Similar to this than there should be because this, I mean, this I think this would be a really good machine, yeah. Out in of real life, out of all the machines, I feel like this is one that's truly unique, you know. Yes. And they could they could turn this into some sort of a throwback, you yes, know, machine. For I sure. agree, I agree with you on that 100%. My favorite, uh, going away now. Unfortunately, I forgot to write down what my score was on the table. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm weird, have no idea. by default, nice yeah. work,
1: but <laughs> I, I scored 3,726,000. Points. Uh, I played a lot too. It' a, a challenging table. Mm-hmm. Probably is it harder than ignition? You think? I'd say it's those two. I thought were the hardest. Yeah. And I think this one might be the hardest one. Maybe that's why I liked it as well.
0: That's true. I enjoy a difficult pinball machine.
1: Right. And it was it was it was real good. And, and on top of everything else, like you said, it's it's a unique theme. Mm-hmm. And the music theme's good, and uh, this this really worked well. And it, it was colorful. Good stuff. Yeah.
0: Um, Graveyard, this, this one, I mean, it was okay. I like the theme more than the Western theme, but I've just played so many, it's hard, it's hard to go, you know, when you've played Haunted House, you know, you, you've played pinball machines that really take this kind of ghost theme to the next level. Um, I thought it was just okay. It's funny. I
1: I was never a huge fan of Haunted House. I like the, I like the look of the back glass, but I never was a they big ever like climbing the stairs or? Yeah, you know, I didn't like the art package if you want the truth. Really? You know, I, I, but uh, the I, I liked Graveyard well, this one had two names, right? When when you pick the menu name it says Nightmare, and then when you actually get to the machine it says Graveyard. Um I liked it. I liked the sound effects were really good. Uh the theme was cool. They they may have went a little overboard on some of the parts of the theme, but uh, I thought it was I thought it was pretty well done. I thought the machine was pretty good, you know? I'd say this was right up there. If I had to pick, like, a number two, this and steel wheels are close. Mm -hmm. Um, The uh, Like, I think my kid would probably like this one the most. I can see where this – I mean, the one thing about this package is you've got machines that will appeal to different people.
0: That's very true.
1: Uh, And some people look for a rule set or whatever. And let's face facts. They all have a pretty solid rule set. Um, So after you go to that, it's a matter of which – which machine has a theme that you enjoy.
0: Yeah. None of these games I thought had rule sets that were deficient to any of the pinball machines available at the time, you know, like I mean,
1: I, uh, real, pinball, real machines? pinball
0: machines, you know, like games that were out in 92, you know, I can't think of any ones that have, you know, a deeper rule set, you know, or a rule set that I'd rather play just generally, I mean, there's definitely certain games that I like more than these games, but uh, but on the whole, I mean, these could have these could have just been slotted into an arcade, you know, a real arcade and real tables and not had any trouble. I don't. They think. almost remind me of of
1: your later 90s era rule sets. Like I own a WWF. Real Rumble Pinball Machine, where you have to complete missions to get to a yeah. like a jackpot mode,
0: and or uh, we own a Who Done It, same sort of deal. It's almost like a DMD rule set with an Apple numeric display.
1: Right, right, and, and I'm, I know a, a real pinball aficionado could probably come up with some of the some of the uh, nine, you know, early nineties, late eighties pinball machines that have a real deep rule set. None are springing to mind. I mean, if you play something like Gorgar. Or or something like that. There's there's you know, where you go and try to complete different tasks on the table. Uh, you know, but in terms of the rule set, this is probably as deep as you I don't think you'd
0: find one any deeper. Yeah. You know now, I know this is bad, but it's been a couple days since I've played and I can't remember. Are there any ramps? Oh, I'm sorry, are there any um not ramps? What am I thinking of? When the ball goes up the ramp and then it travels Rains uh you mean well, it's like uh, the elevated lanes yeah what, what, there's a name for that that's escaping me um but is there are there any like in taxi yeah are there those on these tables yeah. or is it yeah they had some they, well I, mean, I didn't know they, if the ramps just kind of went up and then they came back down or if they had um you know elevated lanes or not that would draw <laughs> you're saying them. that now and, it, and it, we i played the heck of these things right
1: around the time man i would,
0: luckily (laughs) we're about to play them again when you're you're looking at them it's (laughs) the
1: uh i will say something else we didn't mention is the the way that they managed to uh to add depth i mean physical depth to the machines yeah very impressive and the uh and and, uh to make it look like you're looking down on a a machine is i mean it's incredible you know i played this when you play this on an amiga and you think of the resolution you're working with and the uh um the color palette. It's just astounding that they could pull this off. I mean, it really, is a monumental task. I know in the interview, I, I found on the web with the guy from 21st Century Entertainment. He was talking about the uh, how brilliant the physics engines were on these. That uh, when they made a DOS port, they could they had to put a 386 uh, under it to get it to play. And if you if you consider that the Amiga is a 7.14 megahertz processor, a 386 was a much, much faster processor. Uh, now, granted, you had custom chipsets with the Amiga that would allow you to uh, to uh, you know off- offload the graphics and the color, but still, when it comes down to ball physics, you're talking raw processing power, and it's pretty impressive that they could do that with the Amiga. Uh, I know the gentleman said they had more trouble getting these on the consoles because of the limited processing power, but from what the interview said, if this guy's uh, to be believed, uh, the physics engine... Uh, up to a point i i don't know if it was in pinball dreams or one of the other games, but they had uh eight different surface areas that they that would change the way the ball traveled. You had wood steel plastic you know and 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 they actually took these into account i mean the ball physics is phenomenal uh and the ability to to cradle the ball mm-hmm. uh all the things you can do uh that you do in real pinball is i mean if you consider the year it's it's simply unbelievable if you consider that the amiga didn't have uh, you know, uh, really a math uh, processor in it, like a, a separate one. A co-processor. Yeah, yeah, math co. Uh,
0: it's unbelievable that they could pull it off. I was not expecting this game to be as good as it was. Really? So you, uh, this was the first time you'd played yeah, these? Yeah, this was the first time that I played it, and especially after coming off first-person pinball. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, pinball stinks on the Amiga. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be terrible. Well, and uh, Welcome to the good stuff. Right. Because, and and uh,
1: uh, these are really... Um, not not to give it away because we haven't played the other ones yet and it's been a while played. but i mean th- these tables hold up even against the future the future versions of this I mean, they're really good and and i think beatbox is, it's one of the best video pin moment games i've ever played me too it's right. a- an outstanding uh, outstanding machine but getting back to uh, nightmare good i like i like the uh, targets. I like uh, they're very clever in all these games with the way they align the targets, what they spell, what you're spelling. Mm-hmm. Yep. The placement is good. Again, that's something else. If you if you're not a uh, if you're not a pinball aficionado or someone that's really on the game or on, in terms of design, ramp placement, target placement, it's very important. Shot you want to make fun, interesting shots mm-hmm. that are challenging, various degrees of challenge, and really, I think. I don't think Graveyard was the best at that, but it was still pretty good. But none of the machines had these
0: shots I thought were cheap right. or impossible. You know, I thought they all were fair. And when you think about it, you know, the guys that are designing these games, you know, they might as well be real pinball designers because all of the physics and everything, you know, that they the realist, the physics are so realistic that it would directly, you know, translate over to these tables, you know. When you think about how physics work in traditional non-computer, you know, before computers with pinball machines, I guess, you know, they're building wood models and everything. Right. But, uh, you know, these, these really feel like they would translate over very well. I'm pretty sure
1: if, if any of our listeners are into the uh, pinball scene um, and have played uh, any of the modern emu- pinball emulators uh, or simulators, they're, they're a little bit of both. Um, I, I think some of these tables have actually been reworked into uh, um, some of the modern, I'll say modern, but they're aging now, but some of the modern uh, pinball uh, uh, simulators, I haven't tried them. I'm sure I've seen them. And I may I may try to grab a couple. Of, I actually have a virtual pinball machine at the house, as you know, Boat. And uh, maybe we can sit down someday and take a little film of that and put one of these up there. But I, I would love to play one of these on a flat, non-scrolling. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, that would be really good. But that much said, the scrolling, I mean, for what they had to work with a 92, I, I couldn't be in higher praise.
0: Absolutely. So uh, what did you end up scoring on Graveyard? I got 6,120,120. All right, well I beat you. Oh, no, no, I always had a clean sweep. Nine million seven hundred thirty-six thousand. Wow, and that's the and you weren't a big fan. Yeah, well, I mean, it was all right. I it was, I like the better than Steel Wheels, but not as much as Beatbox.
1: Yeah, it's neat that we both agree on the one that we like yeah. the most. <laughs> I think that's kind of cool. But uh,
0: overall, high marks. Yeah. Well, uh, that's all we have for this week. So stay tuned for the live stream. Do you know what we're gonna? What do you want to try to go after next week? We're gonna split
1: these pinball reviews up into every other week, um, and, and uh, uh, do this. We've done this one. Next week, we'll review a, a, a proper game uh, like we normally do, and then go back to what you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Then, right. Um, I can come up. I've got one in my head that we could do. I've got one in my head. What do you got? YouTube. Go ahead. What do All you got? All right.
0: You're ready for this. I'm ready. Micro League Wrestling. Oh,
1: boy. Okay. <laughs> I, that, now, I believe that was on several different um, machines back in the day. It and was. I, I have not seen or played that, or maybe ever.
0: Well, I was looking. I was inspired because, you know, uh, our friend Flack does a c64 podcast called sprite castle right and uh last week he reviewed the c64 version of micro league wrestling okay and i looked on youtube to try and find some amiga footage of it and there's not much and so i just don't think that proper attention has not been paid all right to the amiga version of micro league wrestling
1: you know i'm a big wrestling fan and I know you like wrestling too so it should be a good time yeah uh, Aaron, is there anything
0: else I've forgotten to mention? I think we, I think we can put this one to bed. All right. Well, until next time, adios. adios.